We're back for episode two of Storytelling is Everything with Michael Margolis. And if you were out of your mind with all the intel that came from episode one, just you wait. In this episode, we are diving deep into the inside and the outside story. And you're going to find out what those are and why it's so important, especially in career transition, that you know the difference and how to use them. We're also going to play a game, which I did not see coming, a spontaneous storytelling game about one of Michael's effed up stories. And we're going to identify some of the connecting of the dots and the moral of the story. And this is what you need to hear so that you can learn how to make storytelling everything so that it can work in your next transition, in your career today, and on and on and on. So stay tuned because here it comes. The idea of job security is outdated as a landline. If you haven't been in a search for a while, it's probable you will at some point, by choice or not. Most executives admit to staying way too long or sense what's coming and justify staying anyway. Here, there's another reason. The faulty belief that navigating to what's next will inevitably be worse and has to suck. Screw that. Lauren Greif has spent a lifetime in corporate and executive search, calling bullshit on stale career advice that most still use. This is Career Blast in a Half, the career podcast for executives ready to cut past outdated career advice to fuel your outcomes now. So let's go. And what you're there to do, especially at a leadership level, is much, much, much bigger than that list of skills and requirements and, and, and all of that. And when you're talking about that, that love story, it forces you as a leader to actually be able to see a, a different vision than what is on this piece of paper, which is not what they're going to hire for anyway. It's, it's just going to be a placeholder for them to send out to so-and-so and so-and-so and give you a scope. But sometimes we take that so literally. So I'm so glad that you, that you have broken this all down because it's been so useful and I know so useful for this audience. So I want to move into one of the things that yeah. literally you came here to talk about and something that you feel very passionately about. And I want to make sure that you explain the what and how behind the inner versus the outer story. The inner uh, story of, of the two stories that you really need to understand. What are they? How do they coexist? How do they overlap? And what are they so that we can start to explore them for ourselves? Yep. Well, so it starts from the following place, which is if you're in a career transition moment, Odds are there's something about your last experience or several of your past experiences at work that you're very dissatisfied with. Mm -hmm. You've got a bone to pick. And part of that bone to pick is that you were not given the power, the authority, or the permission that you wanted or needed in order to achieve the success or the impact that you were responsible for or that you signed up for. Would you say does that ring true to what you hear in a lot of your like oh, if, you know, as I mean, you're 
as your, I have, your I have counseling like clients? A, a glossary. I wasn't appreciated. You know, I was duped. They told me I was, prepared, you know, I was on track for this and that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, I, um, there was, you know, the buy-in that I thought I was going to get to build this team that just fell apart. And, you know, they were a bunch of smoke and mirrors, yeah. you know, they were financially, they weren't financially solvent to begin with. And when I went through this hiring process, let me tell you, I never saw that coming. Yep. We got merged and, you know, we, all those redundancies, thanks so much. I gave you 10 years of my life. Yeah. And what did I get? Two weeks severance. You know, so there is a lot of, a lot of threads around what happened. And of course, and I never want to do that again. Yeah. And look, that's, you know, part of the messy middle of, of life. It's the messy middle that is the core of any story. And it's the messy middle of being a mid-career professional, senior leader, or middle manager, 10, 15, 20 years of experience. We all have these war stories. The challenge, the thing to break through, and this is a, a fateful choice, which is you can choose to either be the victim of your story or the master of your own destiny. Because storytelling is like fortune telling. It's literally a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. You will find exactly what you're looking for. And when it comes to power, permission, and authority, and, and let me just be clear, this, uh, as I say this, please, please everyone listening, this, please do not interpret or take in what I'm saying as victim, victim blaming here. Okay? We all have had horrible, terrible things happen to our lives and horrible, terrible thing happen to other people's lives. And I'm not here to justify or excuse those things. What I am here to point out, though, is that you have a fateful choice. You cannot control what happens to you, but you can control the story that you tell about it. Mm -hmm. And when you discover that, you are tapping into a infinite, limitless power. You see, we spend most of our lives seeking power, permission, and authority through external sources. Mm -hmm. Nancy Pelosi has a great line about this, actually. She says, power is never given. Power must be taken. Mm. And the same is true for each of us. Now, here's the good news. You taking power doesn't need to be power over another. You taking power is actually about sourcing power, permission, and authority within yourself. It's internal power and authority and validation as opposed to being solely dependent on external power, permission, and authority. And, 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 and if you want proof and evidence of this, simply look at the founders and the executives that you admire Mm -hmm. I promise you, part of what you admire is their power, their permission, and the, their authority. And I also promise you that much of the way they source that is through an internal source as much as external source. They believe it. They believe in themselves. They believe in their vision. They believe in their worldview. They have conviction, right? You can't fake or manufacture conviction, but you can actually find and claim conviction 
through these story-based methods and tools. Mm -hmm. So that's the inner story. Oh, that's just the tip of the iceberg of the okay. inner story. Right. Um, but it's, it is, uh, that internally source power permission authority, it is always available. You can control it and it's limitless. And, uh, you know, back, I'll put it another way. The number one determinant of success is the story you tell yourself. That's the inner story. And if you look at high performers, high achievers, the most successful people in life and in work, it's all about the internal narratives they're telling themselves and or identifying where, what stories am I telling that are sabotaging myself or sabotaging my relationships or sabotaging how I show up and interact with others. The point of all of this is, you know, right now, I know so many people I was just on the phone earlier today with a dear friend who just, just got laid off, who has got 15 years experience. He's working um, in the world of autonomous vehicles, in the world of tech, and he kind of saw it coming, but you know, part of 25% of this company's layoffs, and he's trying to figure out his next. And, and part of what he's trying to figure out is, do I go and get another full-time role at another company? Or do I go and double down on this startup idea that I've been playing with? Or do I go and become a professional advisor, coach, consultant, where I advise up other people around the thing that I know? And, and or do I go, and, yeah, and, and so there, there is this optionality that everybody's trying to figure out right now, which is how do you take charge and take control in an environment that has so much uncertainty, so much volatility, and it's not going to be changing anytime soon. This is the driving force of AI disruption. It's fundamentally redefining every category of work, especially knowledge workers. And you need to level up in your ability to rigorously think, make a business case, frame value propositions, people skills, power skills, persuasion skills. All of this is communications, how you write, how you speak, how you think. Very few of us have been trained or prepared for how to do this, but this is what executives are looking for. Mm -hmm. When they look at, hey, what's someone's ability to go from senior leader to the C-suite? They're evaluating one's ability to zoom out and frame the big picture, mm -hmm. to be able to articulate the, the mental models and criterias for effective decision-making and to think through the different trade-offs, to be able to think about assumptions and how do we test and validate assumptions. It's, it's very high-level thinking. And then be able to drill it all the way down the line to what does it actually look like at the execution and tactical level, including how we measure it, how we track it, and so on, and, and your ability to then motivate and inspire others to execute on it. This is a very complex set of skills to master that have very little to do with the technical skills that you've developed competence in, that you have expertise and confidence about that was your original profession, your original craft or discipline, right? As you're moving along in your career, it matter, less and less depends on the technical competencies. It matters more and more the influencing competencies. And that divide is getting wider and wider of you need to be able to make that leap to level up. Otherwise, you are going to get cycled out. 
Um, and I see this happening just, this is the, one of the new defining issues, I think, of our time. And, you know, how do you, again, just learn how to think like a storyteller? Because um, that's the critical component for sourcing your own inner authority, and then also being able to effectively be the director or the narrator of the journey to whatever executives and or other cross-functional stakeholders that you need to enroll and get buy-in from and bring them along into that future. I literally could listen to your narratives, your stories, <laughs> your tales, your fables all day long. I'm like glued and riveted. Well, should we, wanted... should we share, should we share some fuck up stories? Why don't we, why don't we go there, Lauren? Like, let's, let's talk <laughs> yeah. about, let's talk about the, like the twists and turns and the shit pies along the way. Cause it's not all sunflowers and lollipops. Okay. Um, and I'm, you and I'm happy, happy what, to share. What, what, what's just... the, what's the, what's the trigger? What, what fuck up story about what? There are so many, I don't know. Oh my God. Um, I, have, I have a million of those too. Oh my goodness. Um, well, so I can, I can share with everybody that 10 years ago, so right now, we, you know, let, let me just share in the last 18 months, our, our business at Storied went from a multi seven figure consulting business. It cratered and collapsed on itself as the tech industry collapsed on itself. I saw it coming. So I was like, oh, Okay, there's some weird things going on, but selling multi six figure professional services, consulting these strategic narratives inside, you know, the Googles and the Facebooks of the world. I don't want to be in that business anymore. And I certainly don't want to be in that business in 12 or 18 months. I had 10 full time staff, a lot of infrastructure and so on, and recognized with AI disruption being here, this was going to change everything. So let's productize the IP. Let's democratize the methods. So this is why we have cohort-based courses. I do one-on-one -on -one private coaching. We're later next, later this coming year, we're going to go into group coaching as well. We have, and, and we're really basically building a path to become a certified master storyteller and to apply that in the world of business. But this is not some new thing for me. So let me just share. And we, I've been doing strategic planning with the team. We've been looking back at old documents and whatever else from three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. Jody, on, who's, who's my right hand, has been with me on and off for close to 15 years. And um, she left during COVID for a few years to take on some other opportunities and came back about a year and a half ago. So she and I, she's our VP of community. She and I have this very tight, long history. And we were looking back at things. And, you know, in 2014, we went all in on online education. Okay, we're going to build the, the learning platform. This is the storytelling revolution, or it's the gold rush. We're going to be in the picks and shovels, but like we're like the Levi's. We're in the picks and shovels business. We're going to tool people up. We made every mistake in the lean startup playbook. And after, you know, being several hundred thousand dollars sort of in shit's creek of the wrong investments, the wrong, the wrong choices on a whole bunch of things, we pulled the escape hatch and stripped everything back down to the studs. And I went on a walkabout. I sold 90% of everything I owned. I lived out of two carry-on bags for 500 days around the world. I went on a story world tour. So I was teaching our methods and tools in 15 different countries in major creative innovation hubs on the Chitlin circuit, so to speak. Uh, if you're, you're familiar with the Chitlin circuit? No. 
All right, so the Chitlin circuit is this really cool thing back in the 1920s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. If you were uh, African-American uh, jazz, blues uh, performer, you couldn't play in a lot of venues because of the race laws. And so there was this, this circuit, though, called the Chitlin circuit that was down in the American South that was in Alabama, Mississippi, the Panhandle, Texas, and so on. And these were chicken shacks. These were juke joints. And you would go and you could play every, every night. And then you would sleep in the next day and then travel to the next town and play again and again. And so the Chitlin circuit is where most of just about every famous African-American jazz, blues, and soul performer that are household names today from the 40s, the 50s, and the 60s, it's where they all went to earn their chops before they became legendary household names. So that's what I did. 2015, I'm still not the legendary household name, but I went on the Chitlin circuit, which was all right, I'm going to say yes to every gig. I'm going to travel around the world because we built a social media presence and so on. Everywhere we went, there was someone we knew. And because we were, I was doing something that was such a bold declarative act, I would drop into a city like Melbourne, Australia or Amsterdam, and I'd be given the keys to the city because people would hear about what I'm doing and they're like, oh, I want to host you. Oh, let's make this thing happen. Oh, we're going to have this event and so on. So I had the time of my life wasn't very profitable, but I'd stripped everything down to the studs. It was fine. And it was out of those ashes of that original failure during that time, actually, about halfway through, out of the blue one day, I got an email from a head of product at Facebook. And that head of product said, hey, look, um, here's what we're up to. Uh, we're, we've got a really massive vision for building the next generation of this product. We've done the front end of innovation, the UX research, all this kind of stuff. We've got this big thing, but right now our product is a red hair stepchild in Facebook's family of apps. And we need to go in front of Zuck and sell him on the future and present all of this. Long story short, it was actually the shortest business development sales call of my life, less than 30 minutes. And thank, and the reason why was because French tech mafia. So it just so happens, Alex, who was talking to me on this call, he had gone to our website because he had just been searching storytelling, narrative, whatever else. He discovered our website. And on our website, he saw Stefan, who was one of his old mates from the French tech mafia. And Stefan was listed there as one of our clients. So he called up Stefan. He's like, hey, Stefan, you're on these guys' websites. What do you know about them? And Stefan's like, oh, these guys are... You know, they're, 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 they're lit. So anyways, Alex calls me from Facebook, 15 minute, 20 minute conversation. And, and really the punchline was, can you start next week? That led to career defining journey for me. We've since worked with 15 product and organizational divisions at Facebook and Meta, building the narratives that go in front of Zuck, that go, that went in front of Cheryl that go in front of Chris Cox, the chief product officer, that go in front of Javi, the COO, influencing billions and billions of dollars of their most strategic investments from groups to newsfeed, to monetization, to social impact, you name it. Um, but it all came out of my willingness to strip everything down to the studs and go on a walkabout where, no, there's something that, okay, I don't quite know the right form and the format of it. This didn't work. 
when I know that there's an inherent source code that's at the core of this, and let me go figure out another way to express it. So that led us to then build out all the professional services for many, many years. And now full circle, we're coming back to all right, the global learning community with a new product market fit, working with tech leaders who want to become master storytellers, but the product builders, product design, marketing, and so on, and all of the things that we've been talking about, um, but at a different place and stage in the world as well. Right, The world kind of needed to mature where mm. through disruption and change and all these things, what we do matters more than ever. So that was a long and windy story, but one where, actually, I'm curious, out of everything that I shared, what are three invisible lines of connection? As you heard that, you went like, oh, yeah, yeah, me too. Or, oh, that's an interesting, like you started connecting the dots. If you're willing yeah. to share on the spot, what are three things where you found yourself I in it? I playing plus spontaneous games. Yeah. The first thing I wanted to say is I was going to ask you what the moral of the story is. Don't mm. tell me. And what I am going to offer you is first the three lines, and then we'll go to the moral of the story. Perfect. The three things were um, a, a plot twist. Everything's going along just fine, and yeah. the shit hits the fan, right? Like, like that conflict, right? Conflict, yes. you can't have a great story. That's what my teacher, Michael Margolis, told me. You can't have a great story if it, it just like goes along and everything's great. So the conflict came in. And the hero redemption, right? Here you are out in the world doing this wild and crazy thing, right? You said like down to the studs, like out of the ashes. So, you know, the hero's journey of all these unexpected things are going on but it doesn't stop our hero and then the second and the final thing is a different level of clarity redemption you know hope renewal and all of those things which are core and central to every story whether you see it right now or not right there they exist you got to hang around for the miracle so what's the moral to that story? Choose the path of least permission. Mm. Mm. I normally ask some signature questions. We don't have time, but what I yeah. do want to ask you, first yeah. of all, we'll make sure all your, all your links and, and yeah, courses and everything will be there. And don't like people like buy, go buy this book right now. Like seriously, believe me is this first one, correct? And then yep. story 10X. At some other point in time, I'm going to invite you back. And I, I really hope that, that we can continue to do this because yeah. given the fact that storytelling is so integral to our lives and to our careers, we'll be able to break these down into other subsets of conversations. New chapters coming soon. Yes. So please, everyone stay tuned. Mm. And again, Michael Margolis, Thank you beyond thanks yeah, for just you in every big way. And please, everybody who stayed around for this half of the episode, thank you for doing that. And also don't forget to write an Apple podcast review so that Michael can get some shout outs and also so that we can help grow this podcast. Lauren, do we have time? Can I share one closing thought? Sure thing. I want to offer everybody the following reference point as well, which is I shared with you a vulnerable story about where I was 10 years ago. 
But I also want to share with you that in the last six months, I beat cancer, I pivoted my business, and I became a new dad. Mm. And I share these things not for like, woe is me or pin a rose on my nose, but rather to remind all of you, life is a full contact sport. It will always be coming at you. And it's being able to cultivate that inner presence of being to celebrate the feast, to find the gifts, that resilience, that buoyancy. I am an indomitable force in spirit. Lauren, you are as well. And I know that the, you attract people who are indomitable spirits and you help people find the indomitable spirit within themselves when people have lost connection or started to doubt that indomitable spirit. But that's at the end of the day, I think why you and I are, you know, twin powers activate, you know, brother, sister from another mother, because this is your currency, everybody. Your story is your currency, but it's understand life will make you and break you. But the things that break you can remake you, which is why you need to learn how to think in story. Because it is, it's not a prescribed thing, right? Like there are certain stories you're telling yourself. There's certain stories I'm telling myself that are my greatest source of suffering. I've been trapped in those stories for years, decades, or my whole life. And then there are other stories I've been telling myself that have been my source of liberation, my source of power, my agency, my confidence, my conviction, my gift, my superpowers. See, story is the feature and the bug of humanity. So. What's important is don't put labels on good or bad or right or wrong when you make sense of your past. You can't change what happened. It is what it is. What you can do is look at what you want to do going forward. And so the question simply becomes, with any story that you're telling, are you telling the right story for the future that you want to create? That's all it is. Mm. Right? And you, get the, you have the power to choose, back to what you were saying earlier, Lauren, right? Storytelling is just circumstance, choice, consequence, rinse and repeat. There's no good or bad choice. There's no right or wrong choice. It's just a choice that has a consequence. Keep learning and growing. You got to pay for your education. And um, in the words of Ibn Babuda, who's a famous um, Sufi traveler, kind of a Marco Polo figure, he says, travel leaves you speechless. And then you have stories to tell. Mm. Oh, I love that one. We'll see you soon, everyone. Thanks again for joining. And Michael, thank you. Metaphors be with you. Thank you for joining today. We appreciate your listening ears. Big time. We ask this. Use these tools, not tomorrow, right now. And share them by spreading the love leaving us a rating and subscribe so you don't miss the next career blast in a half. Most of all, thank you for you.